0: Good day and welcome to the Outer Twilight podcast. I'm Andrew and I'm joined as always by Mike. How are you doing today, Mike?
1: I'm doing good. A little bit under the weather, but uh, as long as you only have to hear me and not look at me, we're good.
0: (laughs) So today we are going to talk about a project that we kind of started in the new year just for us. Um, But we've invited people to join in uh, through our social media stuff. Uh, which is to listen to uh, an album a day, um, uh, like a record album a day. I don't really know what else to call it because uh, uh, I think they're still called albums. So the Grammys were on last night and it wasn't the album of the year was presented. So I'm assuming that's what they're still called. But Mike and I decided that uh, we would listen to an album every day for from Monday to Friday for the year 2023 just to kind of Expand our horizons a little bit, listen to some old classics, maybe even trade some old classics. And, um, yeah. And so we've been doing it now for the month of January and we just started February. Uh, and this week particularly is one I'm excited about, but we can maybe talk about that a little bit later. So, uh, so have you been able to keep up Mike with all the, the albums
1: I have not necessarily on the day that we have assigned. Uh I find that Friday Friday Saturday is kind of my catch-up day for the week if it's been a really busy week yeah. and trying to and I think there's only been one album the whole time that I haven't caught up on and that's partly because your review of it was not glowing so <laughs> I've been less than excited to get to it but uh No, this experience was really neat for me because I'm not a music guy. And so a lot of these were, a lot of the ones that I picked, and I don't know, did you mention that, you know, you're picking half of the albums, I'm picking half the albums, and we kind of alternate and stuff like that. And I tried to pick, like, there are some that I picked, like this week coming up, Chicago, I had to have that. It's like one of my very favorites. and. But there was stuff that I've always wanted to listen to, but have never made the excuse to actually go and listen to. And this just seemed like the perfect opportunity to do that.
0: Yeah. So uh, just, yeah. And you mentioned that. So our methodology basically is that uh, Monday to Friday, Mike and I alternate. Um, I kind of came up with the idea that each week is basically a decade. uh, And then the Monday is soundtrack. Tuesday is pop. Wednesday is rock, Thursday is a greatest hits album, and Friday is kind of free reign Friday. So you can kind of pick whatever we want to pick. Uh, Just because, you know, some albums don't really fit into a category necessarily of age or genre. And so that's kind of what we're doing. And so we started on January 2nd of this year. The decades that we do, the first week is the 70s, second week of the month is the 80s, third week is the 90s. And, uh, fourth week is the two thousands, um, and an up basically from, Mm -hmm. for the last 22 years or 23 years, I guess now. Uh, and then, uh, when there are fifth weeks, it's going to be kind of a whatever, um, just, you know, basically a way to keep it fresh for ourselves, but also a way to keep it fresh for, uh, anybody who might be following along with us too, um, I'm kind of like you said, Mike, I'm, I'm kind of picking a mix of albums that are ones that are really well known to me as well as ones that I kind of know a little bit, but maybe only by name. Um, and in one case it was an album that one of our listeners actually, uh, recommended and, uh, it was not bad. It was just a different experience. And we'll get to that because uh, that was just last week. So <laughs> so let's uh, start with the first week. And, and we're going to just, I'll just run down the albums really quick for, for the week. So Monday was the Trouble Man soundtrack by Marvin Gaye. So this is January 2nd to 6th. Uh, Tuesday was Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Wednesday was Who's Next from The Who. Uh, Thursday was Abba's Greatest Hits Volume 2. And then uh, the Free Reign was a a band called The Big Deal in their first album, uh, First Bite. And so what were the the standouts for you that week, Mike?
1: Well, the absolute standout for me was the Fleetwood Mac album, Rumors. Mm -hmm. uh, One that I've been wanting to listen to, I experienced a lot of the Fleetwood Mac of the 80s. But, uh, like I knew rumors by reputation, you know, one of the best selling albums of all time, uh, back when I actually paid attention to that kind of thing. And (laughs) I was surprised, not surprised by the number of songs that I was familiar with on it, but the overall listenability of it was just phenomenal. It was just such a good experience um it and the the vocals the 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 sound stands up like it didn't necessarily feel like oh this is a a 70s album it had a timeless like and and not that you know being of the time is is a criticism because like the the trouble man soundtrack like, as soon as that started, it was like, okay, this is a soundtrack for a 1970s movie about a black guy. Like, it was, like, it took, like, three notes to get yeah. that across, um, yep. in, which, you know, a, a movie soundtrack is supposed to do to a certain extent. But uh, with Fleetwood Mac Rumors, it just, it felt timeless. And that was just.
0: Yeah, it's a, the songs could have come out yesterday or today, and it they still would have been huge, I think, regardless. But, uh Yeah. I, I, rumors was kind of the biggest surprise for me for the week. Cause I honestly, like, if you were like, do you, you know, if somebody asked me, do you listen to Fleetwood Mac? I would have been like, well, no, not really. And and so when I was, uh, when I put it on, I was like, I don't know how much of this, I'm really going to know. And then I was like, Oh, I know this song. Oh, I know this song. Oh yeah. I know this song too. And then as I was kind of taking it in, I'm like, man, this album is crazy. Like Mm -hmm. it's like every song on it is somewhat recognizable and to think about it when it was released i can see why it became one of the top selling albums of all time because it's just it's ridiculous this the the musicality of all of them is just exceptional the lyrics the the vocals the like it the whole the whole package is just amazing
1: um yeah i came across uh so, yeah. i don't know if it was a meme or a tweet or somebody was talking about actually fleetwood mac rumors and said uh it's a breakup album written and performed by two people in the same band after a breakup. And it was, uh yeah. <laughs> I think that authenticity of the album kind of really shone through.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, like Trouble Man, I, I actually, it's been a while since I listened to it. I actually listened to it because it was referred to in the Captain America sound or in the Captain America uh, Winter Soldier movie. And it was what uh Falcon recommends to Steve to listen to to kind of catch up with music. And I had listened to the shaft soundtrack and I, I love uh what are called black exploitation movies from the seventies as well. And uh that was one I hadn't heard of at the time. And so when I listened to it, I was like, man, this is really good. And it is kind of repetitive, but it's also sort of meditative too. Like it's kind of got a when you listen to it, it's kind of nice to have on in the background, I find anyway. But uh and then the Who is something I was really familiar. Had you listened to the Who before? No, not at all. Oh, really? So you knew the ones that were probably like the CSI intros, <laughs> but uh, and then I thought. Of, so what made you pick ABBA's Greatest Hits Volume Two?
1: Um, I think when I was looking for something from the time period, and. Mm-hmm. It had, well, I think anything from ABBA, you know, the hits are the hits. And I thought it was the one that I grew up listening to. Like ABBA got a lot of play at home. It wasn't necessarily the exact album, but it was basically all the same songs, except there were a few in there that I was not familiar with. So that was kind of interesting. And you could, for me, I could tell the ones that there seemed to be a very distinct difference between the ones that are, you know still get it radio airplay now. And the other ones on that greatest hit that were, you know, I guess other hits of theirs, but aren't in rotation anymore. And uh, that I was unfamiliar right. with, but uh, no, I picked it yeah. cause it was like 1979. It was kind of the end of the seventies, the their greatest hits at that point. So.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, yeah. And then I picked uh, the big deal just because they were a, a band. I actually found through YouTube. Um, and I like that they're kind of a sort of a hair metal version of ABBA and a little bit like some of their harmonies are very similar to me. But I know that like like and a few of the stuff, I've, the things I've been trying to pick are newer things, mostly because I haven't necessarily had the chance to check out the full album yet. But also, too, is like I think, you know, keeping up with music is always a challenge generationally. I think we get the music we really love. And so then why deviate from that? And then so as new stuff keeps coming out, you kind of drift away from it. And and so I've been trying to find some new stuff that appeals to my taste, but at the same time is is new. And that's where the big deal came from. But I know that you weren't necessarily as big on it as I was. And I will say it wasn't, the whole album wasn't as awesome. There was like a couple of really good tunes on it. But other than that, it was, yeah. It, it, it felt like a band about?
1: that was like really close yeah defining their sound yeah it wasn't quite there in my very very unprofessional (laughs) listening ear.
0: (laughs) well i mean we are the listeners though right so it's got to be appealing to us in uh, a certain way so all right so january 9th to 13th so starting so that's the 80s uh and mike started the week and then we alternated so monday was bill and ted's excellent adventure soundtrack uh tuesday was uh faster than the speed of night by bonnie tyler wednesday was eliminator by zz top thursday was the car's greatest hits and free reign friday was teal by weezer uh from 2019 and so i actually was sort of like flabbergasted that you picked bill and ted's excellent adventure soundtrack before i did (laughs) Because that's been like that's been one of my like go to soundtracks basically since the movie came out. I listen to it regularly, and I think I've mentioned that on a Top ten or something. Yeah. But the Bill and Ted's actually an adventure soundtrack
1: is just well, that was purely opportunity. But I think for guys of our generation, and yeah. that like that's right in our wheelhouse. That was that was really the first movie that I went to where the music, the soundtrack was a major part of the experience. And, right. you know, so it, it resonated with me. It was all stuff that I'd never heard before bands. Well, even to this day that I, most of them, I've never heard anything else from and yeah, it still sounds as good as it did then. And I don't know how much of that's nostalgia and how much of that is uh you know, actual quality of the album or not, but, uh, it had, uh, you know, in time was my grade 12 grad song. And
0: that's a great song.
1: That was, that was entirely my fault. It's kind of
0: (laughs) faded into obscurity, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of faded into obscurity now. And I mean, you're right. The only track on that, by a band that we would know is extreme, Mm -hmm. uh, who has play with me, which is the, where the, the Beethoven part in the mall comes in. Um, but it opens the the soundtrack album. I thought it was interesting too, that the soundtrack is arranged differently than the songs appear in the movie. Um, and I don't know why they did that exactly, but I, I did kind of notice that was interesting this time. So uh, faster than the speed of night, uh, Bonnie Tyler was. Uh, so I have this album on vinyl and mostly I bought it and I bought it at like a thrift store when it was like 12 for a buck. I don't even think there would be thrift stores that would sell vinyl that cheap anymore, but Um, And I always thought the album was really funny because it's basically a laser shooting through her head that I don't think conveys the message they want it to convey. Um, They should have done a riff on Pink Floyd where like it came in one ear as a laser and the other side it came out a rainbow or something. But as it is, it kind of just looks like she's empty headed and there's a laser going through her head. Um, And that's basically the way the album played for me, too. (laughs) Uh, I didn't. I uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart was good. Uh, there's a couple of good songs on there, but it's overall not an overly memorable album. And I honestly was kind of shocked. Like, this is one I never listened to from beginning to end. I was kind of shocked that the vocals were not as solid as I'd hoped them to be. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Total Eclipse of the Heart had good vocals, but the, yeah, there's some of it that really didn't. So yeah. What did you think of it?
1: Uh, that was the one I never got around to. Partly because (laughs) your initial reaction to it, so
0: you should kind of try. Listen to you know, listen to it a bit of each song, but yeah, because it's kind of something to be experienced. But
1: yeah, well, and 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 that is part of this whole reason that we're doing this is uh, to experience different things. Well, that's part of the reason we're doing this is to experience different things and to get kind of exposure to that. But didn't somebody commented on on your post about this? That there was something about, you know, she was dealing with you know, some sort of health issues or vocal issues or her-
0: Yeah. It, yeah, that she had throat issues or whatever. And it, I mean, maybe that would mean I'd need to go back and check other albums, I suppose. But uh, given uh, but that the, the being sort said, of popularity of Total Eclipse of the Heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, I was just given the say,
0: popularity of that particular song. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Mike, we're interrupting uh, each
1: other here. Go ahead. Well that well, that being said, like Cindy Lauper, um and she famously, the, the Cindy Lauper that we know, that's her reconstructed voice. Um, right. She had a very powerful voice, but lost it and almost lost her voice entirely from singing in smoky bars and stuff like that and had to rebuild uh, her voice type of thing. And, you know, has done fairly well for herself.
0: <laughs> yeah. So then you picked uh, Eliminator by ZZ Top from 1983. Fantastic album. Um, It's weird that like, like I kind of came to rock a little bit later, I guess, just because, you know, like there's a certain point where, you know, your parents are buying the albums and you're kind of listening or you might get them out of the library. You get them out of the library when I was a kid. But uh, I didn't come to rock honestly until a bit later, more like, you know, late 80s. And so Easy Top, I knew more as like a music video band. So I mm-hmm. knew like all their videos, but not necessarily had I listened to their albums. Um, and I can tell you, like, I know that if I had back then, I would have been like, man, this is amazing. And so like, I actually really loved Eliminator. There was that TV dinner song you pointed out. It's like, you wonder how high they were when they 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 wrote that song. And it's funny because I one of the thoughts, I one of the things that got this whole thing started is that I've had a couple of conversations with younger people where, like when we were kids, if you kind of said who your favorite bands were, everybody had their favorite bands. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed lately that younger folks now that music is more accessible per track as opposed to full album is that there's a lot of like, actually, it was a conversation with your own son, too, that, that was like, you know, he said, I don't really have. Favorite groups. There's just songs I like,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and
0: I actually like a week after that I had a, a conversation, another conversation again, and then I've talked about it with my kids, and they're kind of the same way. Uh, I mean, you know, my daughter likes Katy Perry, and uh, you know, my son's oh. sort of old school, so he likes Survivor, but they still don't really listen to the albums; they just listen to particular tracks. Um, and so, what I was getting around to with this whole ZZ Top thing is that TV dinner song. I mean. I think every artist would confess readily to the fact that there are filler songs because you're trying at the time you're trying to make an album of, you know, 10, 11 songs to fill out an LP. Um, That's a long play record for those of you who may not know. So five or six songs aside. Um, And I mean, I think in some ways there's sort of that unabashed, just like, sorry, we needed another song. So so we threw TV dinners on there.
1: But here's the thing. (laughs) uh, I came across a list that was talking about like, you know, best albums of all time to thing and for the eighties and they were talking about Eliminator and they listed TV dinner as one of their hits.
0: Yeah. Well, I know, but there's no way that was written with a hit in mind. I don't (laughs) think like, I, I mean, ZZ Top is a fantastic band. Like they're really good writers. I mean, they could write in their sleep, I think. Uh, Because every song on that album, whether it was a hit or not, but I, I, to me, that's one of those ones that's like a sleeper. I think Mm. it's so obscurely weird that nobody could have predicted. Like, I would be shocked if an executive was like, yeah, we're going to release this one as a single because it's perfect. (laughs) I, yeah, because I think, I think most people, it must have been one that parents, right? If they heard it come on the radio, would have been like, what, what is this that you're listening to?
1: Not not to open. It's easy to talk not to open a can of worms but maybe those are you know the example of a B-side hit kind of thing and
0: yeah don't want yeah, to explain exactly. that to our
1: younger yeah. listeners but uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: albums used to have two sides generally the poor songs were the the no sorry the lesser songs were put on the the alternate side of the A-side
1: Or the singles yeah
0: um yeah our singles yeah Uh, Okay, so The Cars, I'll let you kind of chat about this one a little bit, because I'm very familiar with this album, but I just love The Cars. What did you think of it?
1: I I vaguely remember listening to it, but um, again, it was where the songs that I was familiar with really enjoyed. Um, The other ones, no real lasting impression for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the album was fairly consistent in that, but uh, it's certainly... Now, this is almost for us this is what three weeks ago so uh kind of yeah. hazy and i've listened to an awful lot of music a lot more music than usual i'm 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 usually a. <laughs> here's my playlist and i just listen to the same music over and over kind of again so you know these different things it's it didn't stand out for me but it wasn't mm-hmm. a bad experience um that's not that's saying something without saying anything so but uh, right. Why did you pick this one?
0: What I find what I find about The Cars, what I find about The Cars is that album like The greatest hits particularly. The Cars were on a lot of soundtracks and really like those the the the, the songs were all on like an album that they put out, but were also on a soundtrack. So like Shake It Up was I think on Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Drive was in a different one. Um, and so like when I listen to that being as much of a cinephile as I am too, I'm reminded of the movies that they were in as well. And so there's a lot of connection there for me. There's only one or two songs on there that I don't sort of associate with, uh, like a film of some kind. And I mean, talking about timeliness in terms of like, I mean, that song sounds firmly or that album, I should say feels very firmly in that late seventies, early eighties kind of vibe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, great sound though. Good vocals. Um, so you picked uh Teal by Weezer uh for the the Free Reign which I had heard about for a long time and I'd heard a couple of tunes off it but never listened to the whole thing beginning to end. So it's it's a cover album basically. Um well it's not basically. It's a cover and it's specifically yeah. a cover album of 80s tunes, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, essentially um I don't know there yeah. maybe there might be one or two that aren't that are outside of the 80s, but yeah, it's I'd only come across it maybe a week earlier than we were putting this list mm. this initial list together. And uh yeah. and I think it was Africa that I'd heard their version of. Right. And so then I looked up the album and it's like, oh, these are all covers of songs that I like. And uh <laughs> Yeah. And so I had I picked it picked it without having had listened to it, just knowing what the songs were that were on there and and it was Interesting. Um, I, I wouldn't say they were all great covers by any stretch, um, but it,
0: their their cover of "Take on Me" is really a good, really good. I think.
1: So, um, but a lot of the songs that they picked, like yeah. these, some relatively iconic songs for that era, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. to think that you're going to create a, a better version of it, or um, or that the cover is going to stand up when it matches up with the original is kind of tough, but I, I thought they held their own in it. So,
0: yeah, well, and it, to me, it felt like much more of an homage, like an honoring mm. their inspirations. That's what it kind of felt like. And I like Weezer's sound a lot. Like I like, uh, I, and forgive me, I don't know the name of their lead vocalist, but I really do um, like, I like their sound. I mean, ever since Buddy Holly, which was their first single, yeah. um, uh, you know, I, I like Weezer and they had actually a song on the bill and Ted face the music soundtrack, that was really awesome, um, and so uh, yeah, I've kind of grown to be a Weezer fan. And the music video for the "Take on Me" has like Finn Wolfhard in it, and is like they definitely set it up as like a rock version of it, which I really dig when they kind of switch genre a little bit. It, it sort of drifts out of pop into rock, which was great. So that was uh, that week, and then uh, so that was the week of the ninth to the thirteenth, and so then we're looking now at week. Uh, January 16 to 20, so the 90s, which the 90s is a bit of a weird decade. I find for me, I'm like more like 85 to 95 feels like my comfort zone. So like, you know, like, although music in the early 90s was really not like when I listen back to it now, boy, the 90s was a rough decade for music. As far as my personal opinion goes, I mean, I I, yeah. Um, So. Monday was me picking and then we alternated and so I my soundtrack that I picked was Pretty Woman uh then uh, Mike picked uh, behavior by the Pet Shop Boys then I picked uh Pearl Jam 10 on Wednesday uh the greatest hits album for that week was the Madonna Immaculate Collection and then uh the free rain album was Heroes uh, an album by a band called The Midnight which is another sort of newer band that I've discovered well that's their album for 22. They've been around for a while. So, um, so the pretty woman soundtrack, uh, the reason I chose it is because uh, I listened to it a lot and it's, I have very fond memories of that soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, it had the rock set um, must've been love. Uh, It actually had tons of great tunes on it, but I remember very vividly uh, that was the summer I had uh, a girlfriend, which was kind of like, woo, you know, but, um, and I was, but I was in like junior high, so whatever that means. Right. Um, but uh, it's, it's just, I listened to it a lot. And so it's a soundtrack for Pretty Women, which the movie I haven't revisited really at all, but the soundtrack is fantastic. It also had King of Wishful Thinking by Go West mm-hmm. on it, which is a fantastic song. Um, so, yeah. What were your thoughts on that one?
1: Uh, I remember, well, this is an album that actually owned and. Oh, okay. And so, it, yeah, <laughs> like it, it brought me? you know yep. a lot of memories of the the less common songs or the right. the non released songs that were on that soundtrack that uh so it it was nice to revisit it it uh it didn't carry the same mystique that maybe my memory held of it but i, I it felt it felt very competent as a soundtrack and but yeah i I had forgotten that it must have been love was on there. And so that was right. uh, that was a nice, pleasant surprise, and it had a Peter Cetera song on it. And so that yes,
0: uh, that always makes yeah. no uh, indication. I think yeah, it was. yeah.
1: And so that That's always something. makes it uh, a winner for me. So
0: yeah, actually, that song I forgot was on there too. It's kind of funny, you know, when you haven't listened to an album. Like, and this is the thing: if you don't listen to those full albums, you remember certain <laughs> tunes, or, but maybe not too right. So, uh, and then uh, so behavior was. Uh, by Pet Shop Boys, their album from 1990, um, and it has kind of—I uh, actually can't remember the specific tunes on there, which are uh, which were uh, the ones that I remembered. Mostly because I listened to their Greatest Hits album kind of exhaustively in the early 90s, and then the album that had "Go West" on it, um, also in 90, which came out in 93, I think. I listened to that one a lot. And so Behavior, in some ways, it was a great album. And there wasn't a song on it that I really didn't like. It's just that Pet Shop Boys, especially their vocals, have a really distinctive sound. But also, they kind of blend together quite a lot. Mm -hmm. So it was hard for me to kind of distinguish um, sort of some of the stuff that was unfamiliar from the stuff that I knew really well. well. What were your thoughts on it?
1: This wasn't the album that I thought it was. Um, which is interesting. And I must've been thinking of go West when mm. I was picking, I thought behavior was the one that I was planning on. And I, and I picked it by title and, you know, from just a list mm-hmm. of the best of kind of thing. And it certainly wasn't the album that I thought it was going to be. And right. I didn't enjoy the experience. Um, I didn't hate the experience, but I didn't enjoy the experience. It was just kind of very, huh? I think probably mostly just thoughts of, okay, not the album. I thought not the album. I thought, and certainly not the pet shop boys that, uh, that I really enjoyed in the nineties, but, right. uh,
0: yeah. So, okay. So like, uh, so then Wednesday was Pearl jam 10. <laughs> Had you listened to this album before?
1: No. No, and so and, and I didn't never, realize like, how much of it that I knew. Um, yeah, okay. I was surprised I was by how much I, was I knew.
0: Say, have you heard any of the singles? And and, that,
1: and, and yeah. I enjoyed it a fair bit. Yeah, I just had never actually consciously consumed Pearl Jam. So,
0: right, and t- this is the uh, so I bought kind of I think I bought the, like the first three Pearl Jam albums, like of the grunge era. I actually think Pearl Jam being labeled grunge is kind of unfair. Um, because the album, to me, I think I actually, when we were talking about it at the time, I texted that Pearl Jam, like, it's unfortunate because they're, they're actually musically really good and pretty tight. But, like, the production of it sounds, like, very wall of sound grungy, like everything cranked to 11 and it's hard to pick out, like, the solid stuff. If you're really listening to it, though, it's like, man, this would have been better if they'd pulled back the drums a bit and, like, you know, but it's a great album. I mean, I bought the album because of Jeremy. I don't know if Jeremy was the first single, but I just really remember watching it and I'm pretty sure I got it. It was like my first Columbia house experience. It was one of the albums I got (laughs) off of. That's one of the albums I ordered with Columbia for those who are young and and Columbia house was a, you could order, you know, 10 tapes for a dollar or something. Oh, we could do an entire podcast on
1: that kind of stuff, but
0: I know describing Columbia house, which I think would sound like Utter nonsense to young people today, but it, it was a thing. I, I'm pretty sure I still, that's why they went out of business. I think everybody and their dog still owes Columbia House money. Um, so, yeah, it's a good out. So, this, the Madonna Immaculate Collection, which you picked for the greatest hits, was one I was kind of like, oh, really? Um, which might be surprising because I actually like a lot of Madonna stuff. And I mean, if there's, you know, she's the queen of pop for sure. Um, and like so many recognizable songs. I have just always found that is really hit and miss for me. So there's mm. stuff I really, really, and by and large, I like it. But there's a few songs that drive me bananas. Like I actually skipped La Isla Bonita because that song drives me crazy. I hate it. I hate it with passion. I can't explain why. I just, that's like a song I just don't like. The other ones I liked, and I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that I don't know. There's certain bands that when their songs come out, it's like, I can't believe there was a time when these songs never existed. Like material girl for one and uh, like a virgin and uh, like a prayer. Um, Papa don't preach. You know, there's so many of those that feel like it would be weird to live in a time when those songs didn't exist, like before they came along. Cause they're so iconic and timeless. Um, yeah. What, what, what were your reasonings behind picking
1: it? Well, I think when you look at iconic pop albums of the 90s and kind of. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. I chose it as a 90s album. Of course, it came out in 90 and it's all 80s music. But. Uh, and it.
0: <laughs> kind well, of you're defined, not above cheating, as we've discovered. Yeah.
1: No. it's it, <laughs> There's a way of massaging the rules. I'm going to do it. But. Uh, it it really defined, I think her music did define a lot of what pop became in the eighties and it, right. It felt very that. And uh, I don't know how to describe it. It was, it was nice to revisit all that stuff, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, it felt different at a different time in life. Right. And now it just, it's almost too, uh, I don't know, too much whatever it is uh, now at our mm. stage in life. And that, and that's not, I don't think it's its fault. I think it did what it was designed to do, and it did it really well.
0: I think it feels very youthful. So now when you listen to it, it's like, oh, I'm too old for that crap now. You know, like there's, it's kind of an, a timeless youthfulness to the album, I guess. Uh, so Friday was uh, the album Heroes by The Midnight, uh, which is their new album, and I honestly sort of selfishly hadn't had a chance to listen to it yet. I've listened to their other stuff, uh, and so I hadn't listened to this album yet. So for those who may not know, The Midnight is a synthwave band, Um and what's, what's really funny about bands there's a few bands like The Midnight that I've discovered that I really like. They are a music that it's like heavily inspired by the eighties, and yet there was no music like this in the eighties um it, i guess New wave would be about as close as came to this kind of thing, like there's a bit of flock of seagulls in there and and like some early Duran Duran and they' not Duran Duran uh, Depeche mode kind of sound in there but the midnight has such like a dream like nostalgic quality to it it's really hard to explain um it's almost like it's the music that we would imagine we were listening to in the future in the 1980s i don't know if that makes <laughs> sense but what what did you think of it
1: uh i enjoyed it it uh and i think the comment i made to you is that it felt like really good uh writing soundtrack music that i would have in the background to while i'm doing something else that it's good enough to listen to but for me it didn't resonate so much that it would draw me away from what i'm doing um yeah and so it it was good i i I would be interested to go back and give it a re-listen after having listened to a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of other stuff and to see how it feels on a second time through because i think it's hard to judge i think it's unfair to judge some music on just your very first impression of it and Mm -hmm. it's kind of that second third listen through where you can start to develop a a connection to that music and i think you know there's the potential for it in that It's, it's certainly it's certainly worth a second listen
0: yeah there's actually a song called uh, Los Angeles that at that by the midnight that I would encourage you to look up. Cause it's, that one's like, to me, it's kind of criminal that didn't become a, a big thing. Like it, it's just fantastic. It's such a good tune. Um, so then we move into January 23rd to 27th. So now we're into the 2000. So I kind of put it as 2000 plus. So basically anything in the last 20 years, you know, we're getting a bit older. We don't follow music as much. Um, and yet there are a few things here and there that we come across that we really like. So, uh, Monday was Mike for soundtrack and he picked guardians of the galaxy. Awesome mix volume one. Uh, Tuesday was random access memories by daft punk. Um, Wednesday was American idiot by green day. Uh, Thursday's greatest hits was foo fighters. And then free Rain Friday, Mike picked Abbey road by the Beatles. And, uh, so um Guardians of the Galaxy Awesome Mix Volume 1 um do you, what what uh, motivated you to pick that one
1: Well okay before I even before I get into that I want to say that of the weeks that we've done so far as an entire week this was hands down had the most revelations for me and ah okay and of course this being the only one that I the only album I'd actually heard before of the of the five <laughs> from the week and it probably now that i've listened to all these albums it would be number five of these five if i were to rank them right and you know it's mm. kind of unfair because it's yeah it's 2014 but all these songs are from the 70s <laughs> and uh right. due to the context of you know how they appeared in the story and stuff like that and how they work into the into the actual movie and stuff like that um Guardians of the Galaxy, as I've mentioned on many, many of our podcasts and top 10 stuff, and I'm not allowed to talk about it much anymore, uh, really resonates <laughs> me. And the music plays a huge role in that. It's kind of right. like the modern yeah. version of what uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was. You know, the color, the adventure, and the music, the role that the music played in it. And so the soundtrack has a special place For me, with that, and I can't help but see those images that associate with the movie when I hear the music. My frustration with this was finding a copy to listen to. Um,
0: (laughs) I found a playlist, is what I ended up doing.
1: Well, yeah, I had to go to YouTube, and it was actually a combination of volume one and volume two, and so I didn't necessarily get the pure volume one experience, but. Not on Apple Music anymore, for whatever reason, and uh, which is my normal go-to, which I found actually a lot of the stuff that we picked, I couldn't get on Apple Music. And it's oh, really, really making me wonder what I'm paying for with Apple Music anymore. But uh, <laughs> I, what yeah. I liked about it, it's this was really my big introduction back into the 70s music. And right. uh, so... Yeah, I I enjoyed it. But like I said, it was number five of the five albums of this week.
0: Well, I I like the, what I liked about the, this soundtrack particularly is, you know, James Gunn has really good taste in music for one thing, but um, I also like that this combination of songs reminds me of a movie that was made so much later than when these songs came out. Um, Like, I, I like that, that, you know, this combination particularly has meaning for fans of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, on their own, they're great classic songs. But uh, with this collection, it, it kind of points to a, a time that's far away from when they were written, which I kind of dig. So Tuesday was uh, Random Access Memories by Daft Punk. I really, uh, I kind of got into Daft Punk when Tron Legacy came out because they did the soundtrack for Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. And I listened to that quite a lot. And so then when Random Access Memories came out, I was like, oh, I'll, you know, get, check it out. And I was I was hooked. Um, I liked, they had some really good collaborations on this album uh georgia uh, you know Giorgio morota who's a guy who wrote he like he's an early pioneer of electronica music um was did a collaboration on this album that was really cool um they had uh pharrell uh, do a song with them which was really excellent uh as it turns out this is also their last album before they broke up so um yeah so what were your thoughts on it
1: i had no idea what to expect Going into this one, like I had, <laughs> yeah. like I knew the Frail song, you know, I was very familiar with that. Right. And so I was expecting an entire album of that. And that's not what it was. Yeah. It was no. all, and it was a lot less electronic than I thought it was going to be. Right. Um, it was a lot yeah. more musical, a lot more lyrical than in different ways than what I was expecting. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. It was, overall it was a really cool experience and I'm glad that we did this and that you chose that so I could have that experience. So yeah, it was a good thing. (laughs) Cool.
0: Right on. So, uh, I like green day, but green day is very much a music video band for me. So I tend to listen to their singles. I don't tend to do their albums. So when you picked American (laughs) idiot, I was kind of surprised, but also happy because I have never listened to that whole album the whole way through. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you remember too, the criticisms that, you know, they're a three chord band. Um, and it seems that they've expanded out from that a little bit, or they've just really mastered it. And I didn't notice, but um, American Idiot's a good album. I mean, it, it's uh really solid. It shows, you know, li- listening to dookie now, it seems a bit amateurish, I think. Um, but that was also part of the time as there was kind of a, you know, neo-punk kind of thing going on. And, but green day has shown that they've grown into their, their style really well and like solid songs great lyrics It's a good rock and roll album like it just it was really good um what made you pick it
1: Uh, well i was i'm familiar with the song american idiot um green day you know has a certain reputation of being i don't want to say i don't know enough to say that you know they're anti-establishment but um, I'm familiar with their battle with like Ticketmaster and stuff like that, and you know, kind of respected mm-hmm. the fact that they had this ongoing battle with Ticketmaster and people wanting people to have access to the music and to the performances without you know the establishment getting in the way. So uh, I guess if that makes them anti-establishment, then great. But um, no, just knowing American Idiot and wanting to see what the rest of the album would sound like and kind of experience that that overall sound Um, like I, yeah, I'm finding that I really do like that style of music. You know, it's the, it's the, you know, a little bit harder um, with maybe, you know, challenging lyrics at times. And um, I enjoyed the album, like nothing, you know, when I sit and think about it right now, like there's nothing beyond, American idiot that stands out mostly because I only listened to the album once, um, you know, an American idiot, you know, Mm -hmm. heard that numerous (laughs) times type of thing, but, and, yeah. And, uh, weird Al's Canadian idiot version, but, um, yep. No, it it was a good album top to bottom. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a good listen.
0: Right on. So Thursday was Foo Fighters, which turned out to be kind of timely. Well, I kind of picked, I don't remember when Taylor Hawkins passed away, but, um, I'd kind of had Foo Fighters on the brain a little bit since that happened. And so I was like, Oh, I'm going to pick them for their greatest hits. Cause I picked up their first album Side unseen back in the day when it first came out, the color and the shape and really liked it. I didn't actually find out until after that Dave Grohl was the drummer for Nirvana before he started Foo Fighters. Um, and they've done some cool stuff. Like they were on SNL a couple of times too. And, and not only singing, but in sketches and they just seemed like a really good group of guys. Um, that said their greatest hits album is like, it is such a great, like they're a very good modern rock and roll band. Like they are rock in its sort of purest form. Um, I think a uh, great sound, like, you know, learning to fly and everlong and, you know they have so many monkey wrench. I love monkey wrench. That's a kind of a guilty pleasure song for me. I love that one. Um, yeah. So, what were your thoughts on it?
1: Foo Fighters is one of those where. Oh, okay. Do you know Foo Fighters? Yeah, I've heard of them. Um, oh, do you know any members? Oh, yeah, Dave Grohl <laughs> type thing. Do you know any other songs? Not a clue. Couldn't tell you a single Foo Fighters song, even now having listened to the album. Couldn't tell you a single song. I was surprised at the number of songs I recognized. Um, right and. You know that I didn't connect. Never made the connection that that was Foo Fighters. My, I've one of my favorite Foo Fighters stories, and allow me a moment to tell a story. But uh, there's that um, that church in the states that uh, protests everything, and that's kind of their religion is yes, protesting yeah, the, stuff.
0: Westboro Westboro Baptist. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so Westboro was protesting a Foo Fighters concert, um, and something about you know rock and roll and evil and all that kind of stuff and so the foo fighters they went they got into the back of a pickup truck and started driving around with the protesters playing their own music and you know getting and the protesters are oh yeah I had no idea it was them they were just like part of the whole thing and and just going along with them and they're just to the music that they were protesting and partying with the band that they were protesting having no clue who they were and that this is them and um <laughs> that's awesome so but uh no yeah the numbers, i didn't know that story that's great the, didn't realize how many songs and i know them and oh one of our previous ones uh oh that would be pearl jab i just kept thinking um guitar hero and because a lot of those songs probably would have appeared on guitar hero and that's probably where i would have experienced a lot of those that stuff but uh excellent album good listen deserves a deserves a second listen um it's solid music so
0: right on so I think we'll kind of wrap up with this Friday and then we'll save, even though we've already done another week, I think we'll save that for February. Yeah, yeah. Uh so Mike, you picked uh Abbey Road by the Beatles, which is kind of a I mean, if there's uh the term classic album applies to anything, it would be this album by the Beatles. Um and the story that I know about is that my dad picked this album up at a record store right around the corner from Abbey Road the day it came out. He happened to be in England at the time. Uh, visiting some friends and stuff. And he picked up the Abbey road album back then. So I actually remember it, my dad's vinyl collection. Hmm. He probably still has it actually. Um, I doubt it's worth anything. Cause there's millions of the album that are out there, even in vinyl. Um, I, I, I have a confession and that's that I haven't really listened to the Beatles very much. Um, they actually there, you mentioned rock band and rock band actually did a Beatles, a, a Beatles specific version Mm-hmm. And what was really cool about it is it actually that told the story of the Beatles as you played through the game. So as you played the songs, it actually was like a documentary kind of built into it. And that was when I discovered that the Beatles only were a band basically for six or so years and they managed to crank out as many hits and they're still as well known today as they were then. Um, (laughs) that that was astonishing to me that they were able to do that um and this album's fantastic uh i'd say the highlight for me was here comes the sun love that song Mm. um there i mean every there's songs like octopus's garden that are like were they trying to break into the (laughs) children's preschool market or uh you know especially when you consider like yellow submarine and songs like that and then there was an animated movie which is all, like I mean, the animation in that, it's amazing, but um, the music is weird. But uh, yeah, so what made you pick it? Uh,
1: I wanted to go with something like, I find the Free Reign Friday to be challenging. Um, and, you know, the fact that we don't do anything, you know, we don't have anything structured pre-70s. And so I wanted something a little mm-hmm. bit older, and I've never actually sat and listened to an entire Beatles album. You know, familiar with mm-hmm. an awful lot of their songs but I've never listened to a Beatles album and I knew Abbey Road was like one of the gold standards of their, of the albums that they produced. And so that led me to pick it. That being said, um, if I were to rank and I'm not going to, but if I were to rank the 20 albums that we listened to in the first month, this would be my number one. Um, Mm. it was just such an incredible experience beginning to end maybe outside of the octopus garden um but uh not just you know the familiarity of hearing songs that you know have been around longer than we have but just even the other stuff and and the whole the whole package the whole experience was just almost transcendent for me it was just right i keep saying just it was it was an incredible experience and i'm really glad that i had it um Right. The Beatles deserve the the place that they have in music history, you know. Mm-hmm. Period end sentence. I would agree with full that. stop.
0: Have you have you seen the film yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, if you haven't checked it out, I would highly recommend. It. It's basically about a guy that wishes that the Beatles music, or well, he makes a wish, ends up in a world where the Beatles were never. Uh, popular. And so then he becomes popular by writing their music, which is seen as like, it's sort of the idea that no matter who wrote those songs, the songs themselves are just transcendent, like you were saying. And so they, um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it's a fantastic album. I mean, I, my musical tastes are all over the place, but I do, I really like the Beatles now. It's just one of those, I think I realized sort of listening to these albums nostalgia is really important to me. Um, It always has been. And I knew that, but I didn't realize how much of it was connected to my music listening habits too. Uh, And so sort of not, it's very weird to be like, well, I never listened to the Beatles as a kid, even though the music's older than I am, it's much less nostalgic for me because I came to it later. So Mm -hmm. yeah, anyway. Um, So that's the first four weeks of our albums and kind of a review for them. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening to this and uh, thank you, Mike, for for joining me on this Sonic Odyssey uh, of uh, through our first month of uh, listening through this, it's really good. And we'll do the we'll do February at uh, in early March. We'll we'll do a review of February and talk about those albums. So thanks for joining us. Please so, feel free to subscribe. What were you going to say, Mike?
1: So why don't you tell? How can people find and follow along if they want to do? Do the album. So
0: you can find us if you search up Outer Twilight on, so it's just Outer Twilight. uh, If you search that up on TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, we have, and Twitter, we have groups for all of them there. And I will post daily the album. And then on Sunday evening, I post the albums for the coming week. So if you wanted to kind of have just more of an overview of what it's going to be, you can find it there and uh we would appreciate liking and subscribing there as well as 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 much as you're able um and yeah we appreciate you joining us thanks for for being a part of the outer twilight uh listening audience and uh so take care mike we'll talk to you next week
1: yep take care